Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, that was a weird Modern Builds pronunciation. Jeez, pronounce- that was a weird one. <laughs> that was my <laughs> odd pronunciation. <laughs> I'm always going to change the inflection just a little bit. Anyway, it's weird. And- oh, go for it. Yeah, never mind. Let me finish up here, and then you can tell me what's weird. And yeah, Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hi. <laughs> okay. Ben's always, he's consistent. At least he's that's consistent. Hi. <laughs> Keeping it low key. Yeah. Anyway, today is Thursday, September 21st, otherwise known as Miniature Golf Day. That's fun. Oh. I'm down what with it. What do you got to say about that? Hey, who's against miniature golf? Nobody, right? I don't think so. If you don't the like pro- miniature golf, you don't like fun. Professional golfers probably like scoff at it. There's like major Ugh. golf, maximum yeah. golf, or what? I don't know. <laughs> the, I think major golf league golfers. Gol- even miniature though, Ben. <laughs> I think it all sucks. I just think it's. It just doesn't like it. Yeah, it's like that thing that's in between like a fine motor skill and uh, a more athletic endeavor, and it's like uh-huh. I'd rather just do one or the other. Like I'd rather play darts or ping pong. Not to mention like just the huge amount of like land it wastes. Yeah, so- but you can drink beer. <laughs> And play it at the same time, which is fun. Ben's in. Yeah, but you can do that with like a lot of things. <laughs> Darts. Well, you got a good point. <laughs> you can turn right. anything into a drinking game. If you want to bad enough. So Exactly. Uh, what are you guys working on? Who wants to start it off? Ben, go for it, man. I'm still editing. Um, just uh, I think I'm down. To, I just sent off a couple of videos for sponsors to review and almost done with a third one. So uh Still got about five more unedited ones that I have got to get through, but uh, been having a few meetings that have been getting in the way of that. So How many have you probably, gotten edited? Uh, three, pretty much. Um, nice. But two of them are out for uh, brand approval. Oh, and actually, we, we launched one today, uh, well, which by the time this airs will be a few days out. And uh, Jamie uh, did that one, and it's pretty cool. She actually... She made like a bench that's also like a storage box and uh, came up with a pretty cool way to do a leather cushion that's also a lid. So it's a pretty simple project, but I think it's one of those ones that has like a lot of functionality and it's one of the ones we'll actually see a lot of people build. So yeah, uh, but for me, it's going to be just just a ton of editing still to do. I mean, I think just for the solar shed, I'm going through all that footage. I think I have like eight hours of footage. Um, oh man because a lot lot of it's gonna be like yeah because a lot of it was filming them uh setting up the entire shed which will just be a real fast time lapse but oh it's just a it's a lot of files do you get any drone shots uh got a little bit of drone stuff not too much didn't really need it too much i was able to see the panels uh nicely from the from the ground uh with just a, a high tripod so footage looks great um yeah super excited and uh other than that uh got a new desktop computer to help with all the editing nice. and uh ordered a full frame camera which i'm really excited to experiment with nice you know it's weird i actually really like editing but i still find that i can't do it for longer than about an hour without needing to like step away for five minutes and do something else how are editing? you guys with that yeah yeah i'm i'm i've been editing like crazy for the past two days i edited the ikea hacks video and the mirror video that i've put out over Mm -hmm. over the past two or three days and right now i'm on uh, i think my 32nd hour of being awake 
So uh, forgive oh, wow. me Stamp. for any bad pronunciations. I still don't know how to say that word. You weren't goofing around it? <laughs> no, I swear to God, I can't figure it out right now. Pronunciations. Pronunciation. There we go. I just had to hear it once. <laughs> I'm being fueled by coffee right now, so forgive me for any of my like terrible talking. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just segue to what I'm working on. Um, I finally got the mirror finished, and it's in the wall. It looks good, and I could not be more excited about it. I saw your little rough cut. Yeah, so I was like, oh, fifth time is the charm, it turns out. Yeah, man. So, so I guess... Yeah. What yeah, do I so look was, forward to now? I've got no like. Uh, I, know. I don't have anything to like. Uh, You've conquer conquered anymore. your foe. Exactly. So. Yeah. You get. You need a new. You need a new. I need a new mirror like, project. <laughs> <laughs> a new mirror project you can break three times. Yeah, but now I uh I got a couple videos ready. Um, I got the next project for Modern Builds lined up, but I think after I get that produced, I'm gonna take a little bit of time and maybe spend a full week, week and a half, just working on a few dwell videos, which is going to be interesting because it'll be, it'll be really similar to the format I'm using it. Maybe a little more straight kind of to the point in terms mm -hmm. of like instruction, but for the most part, I think it'll be pretty similar, but a cool change of pace. So it's, yeah, it's oh, that on another note, it's what? kind of been cool having a second person. I guess this is the first time we've kind of had the podcast where Caleb's been working with me, like yeah. running camera and whatnot. I've been teaching him how to, how like I edit and all that kind of stuff as well. So hopefully here soon I can start handing over a lot of edits to him to get him 80%, 90% of the way done to where all I kind of got to do is the voiceover and kind of just clean everything up. So it should be fun. Now, it's funny because I've noticed in your or at least the past like week or so you've been goofier like on your videos with like the whole like kind of 80s 90s intro thing do you <laughs> think it's a lot easier to do with a second person when it, with two people yeah because like i could have never made i've had that idea for like a stupid intro for a while but i've not been able to do it because i can't zoom in and be on camera at oh, the same yeah. time so That'd be a trick it just frees me up to be like a little bit more goofy and yeah. do like stupid instagram stories so. Yeah, that was funny, the Home Depot one when you fell. <laughs> my, my wife was watching it. She was busting up at it. Yeah, I thought about tagging Home Depot, but then I was like, they <laughs> might never sponsor no. me if I do that. <laughs> Don't do Yeah, go in the stores, everybody, and ride around on the lumber cart. Exactly. So I think I, I, think I used better judgment and decided to just, uh, well, I, 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 would, I would think better judgment is probably just not post it. But <laughs> or the not next best thing yeah. is not tag Home Depot in it. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I forgot to talk about uh, that I've been doing. I did a, a shopping spree at Toys R Us. Speaking oh, yeah. of oh, in-store. Yeah. talked about it last week. Let's hear How about was that. It? I've, yeah, been so, seeing, I've been seeing some of the stuff on your Instagram of it, but I want to know like, what are yeah, the coolest so we, things. We did a bunch of Instagram stories about what we were doing, but... Uh, I hadn't really spent a lot of time in a Toys R Us for, uh, I don't know how many years, but it was it was pretty interesting. Most full-grown men don't. Yeah. <laughs> without <laughs> kids. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> So what was interesting was like how many things were really new, like all the drones and robotics and, uh, you know, those kind of like high tech toys and hoverboards and stuff like that versus like how many toys are completely the same and haven't changed at all. So it's sort of like a mix between stuff has gotten way more technologically advanced and other things have stayed exactly the same. A lot of the books are exactly the same, you know, Legos yeah. and things like that are, are, are pretty much the same. Um, 
but yeah, I took the took the whole team out there. We had a ton of fun. We had a some some little road races, like Fast and the Furious style, <laughs> with like the power wheels um, going two miles an hour. We had a pretty epic uh, Nerf gun battle. And I didn't even know that like Nerf now makes these like guns that they're they're like a step up from the darts, and they shoot yeah. like they're like not quite as powerful as like a paintball gun, but like more powerful than a typical Nerf gun, and they shoot these like. You know, uh, little foam spheres about the size of a nickel. Um, And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got a ton of stuff and are now sort of figuring out how we're going to translate that into projects. But uh, one of the things I was playing with last night was like kinetic sand. Have you ever seen that stuff? Yeah, I saw you cutting that stuff on Instagram. It looked awesome. It is the weirdest like material ever. It's like... Because it almost flows yeah it almost flows but it's like gritty and it like stays together Mm -hmm. so i don't know what i'm going to do with it yet it holds shape really well so i might do something where i try to pour some molten metal like a like the i have some more of that that low melt alloy and i think you could probably do some kind of cool stuff with that if the sand just doesn't like ignite into flames break down or something um we also got like a, a motor scooter and a hoverboard for the office, which is, <laughs> the, the, have you ever ridden one of those hoverboards? Yeah, man, they're fun. Did yeah, you bite them? Did you fall They're dicey. <laughs> <laughs> I've not tried it. I don't want a broken tailbone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it takes a second to, to get the hang of it, but the, the electric scooter is pretty cool. Chris, what nice. are you up to? So I finished that dining table. It is all done. It's in the house. I have worked at it but i haven't eaten at it yet but i got all my that dining and table looks really good man sorry I thank you yeah it was but... please let me finish a thought here mike no, just <laughs> it's got a great silhouette it's just got a good silhouette <laughs> yeah i'm really happy with the way that it came out um it was definitely one of those like all right moment of truth when i flipped it over and then i flipped it over and i was like yeah all right it looks like the drawing that's a good thing about <laughs> for me sketchup is I, I think the only time that i've had a drawing that i was actually surprised by the way that it came out was the dining table that I built for my parents. And actually it ended up coming out like the drawing. It's just as I was building it because I was working so much on the base without seeing the tabletop attached to it. It was, I was like, oh man, it looks way squattier than I was imagining it to look. And then I got the top on there and I was like, okay, now it looks longer and lower like I expected it to look. But I was just like worried the whole time I was working on it. So yeah, it came out. I'm happy with the way that it came out. I'm editing the video now. So hopefully that'll be up later this week. Um, on top of that, let's see, this weekend, I wanted to come up with a quick little project to do because working on that dining table, man, everything was just like so heavy and took forever to do everything. I wanted to do something a little quicker. So I I had a couple ideas for doing some hat racks to put ah. on the wall in the bedroom. So it's like, it's a little wall mounted thing where you can fit two hat racks and it's actually bent lamination. So I started making it and I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to make my way around these bends that I had designed. I thought they were too tight for the thickness of the pieces that I cut and I couldn't really cut them any thinner. So I ended up coming up with a second way to do it that isn't bent lamination, but still proceeding with the bent lamination. And so what I ended up doing was I I remember seeing somewhere that you could just kind of soak the pieces in water and that makes them a lot more pliable. Oh, yeah. So I did that and I put them in the form and I got them all clamped up and I'm just leaving them clamped up for like a day, basically like pre-bending them. So then probably either tonight or tomorrow, I'll take them out and glue them up and then actually put them back in the clamp to have the finished product. But now I think it's actually going to work out. But while I have them clamping up, I didn't want to just like do nothing for six hours. So I built the other one also. So they're both kind of like, you know, in progress, I would say. 
And uh, I'll probably finish them about the same time. And then I don't know if I'll make one video that has both of them, or maybe I'll just do two videos that come out at the same time that are kind of like, I don't know, companion pieces or something. Yeah, exactly. Just lead to one another. But yeah, that should be, it's cool to finally, even if it's a small project, to just do something that's bent lamination to just kind of, hope you know, hopefully it comes out and then I can get a little confidence to see that it can be done. Yeah. Did you just dip it in or you soaked it in water, not in any kind of like hot water or boiling water? Yeah, I had read that it was like heat is what you really want, but I've, they're kind of, they're like 18 inches long and I'm like, I don't how am I going to heat this up? I, I didn't want to put them in the oven or anything. It's like, I'm just going to oh, try yeah. putting them in water and see what happens. So I just and did it, it and it, it worked good. Yeah. It, I mean, they, they didn't even sound like there was a risk of them cracking or anything. What type of wood was it? Was it oak again? Yeah, it was just like some off cuts that I had from the dining table. Cool. Yep. So should we uh, hop into the topic for tonight? I guess Ben can go ahead and explain what it is. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, consistency versus variety. And the thinking here is when, whether you're making things or publishing content or designing things in general, how much should the things that you do be similar so that you sort of establish like a brand and continuity versus how many t times or how frequently should you experiment and kind of try radically different things that might open up a whole new world of possibilities. I think for us, it's, you know, we all have strong sort of particular interests in design. And I think in a lot of ways, you can sort of recognize like our pieces from one to the other. I say with Chris, with you, that's probably... Uh, the strongest amount of sort of uh, continuity. But uh, I think now we're at a point where we're all, uh, both because of the our, our new partnership with Dwell, and then also, you know, Mike with sort of Ikea hacks, are starting to experiment with things that are, are different. I'm experimenting a little bit with things at more of the architectural or building scale. Uh, Mike might even be renovating a bus. So... Yeah. El Reno! Gotta say, it, right. sorry. <laughs> and I want to sort of talk about how we go about making those decisions. Because obviously, one of the things that we've been saying, because you know, so a lot of people have been asking us about, you know, what are these sort of tips? And we say that word consistency. And I think that uh, that often can be a little bit misunderstood. I think that applies more to the work, uh, the, you know, the way the way you sort of work, not the work in terms of what you build. Uh, I think maybe the word that might be more interesting is sort of continuity versus sort of novelty and variety and, and how we sort of mix those things up. So for me, I think this uh, this year, uh, 2017, there's been a lot more variety. Um, I think so, yeah. So I've, I've been really trying to sort of, you know, uh, poke around the edges. And a lot of material is what I've noticed. A lot of different materials, a lot of different project types, and certainly doesn't mean that I'm moving away from furniture. It means that I'm sort of experimenting with where I want to take things, you know, with the fitness, you know, started off the year with like the fitness equipment stuff and really sort of looking at how uh, sort of more niche or specialty activities can be sort of combined into sort of uh, furniture types. So I'm, you know, often taking like a specific interest, whether it's fitness or you know, gardening, or the with the sort of uh, writing desk that's also a garden, and trying to like, how do I combine things that you spend your time doing in in sort of unique ways? So I thought that would be the the topic, and I'll start with sort of a question for Chris. Okay. Because I think with your portfolio of work, with all the projects that you've done, mm -hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of continuity. You know, the, if if you you know, even if you're just point at the the physical similarities a lot of hardwoods when right. you do use plywoods there's like they're edge banded um mostly wood occasionally like a, 
you know, you'll introduce another material to it. But now that we're doing this thing with dwell, will you be and you'll be sort of, you know, uh, experimenting more with this kind of more DIY kind of projects and probably yeah. some simpler and easier builds that will be more sort of instructional. How are you sort of looking at that as, as uh, a sort of a departure from what you usually do? Yeah, so with that stuff, I think the way that I'm looking at it in terms of it relating to variety is more in terms of the, I don't want to say the skill that you need, but just like the types of, I'm looking for Tools a good word here. or techniques? Tool, yeah, I guess techniques is probably the best word. Tools to an extent also. But um, yeah, the techniques that you would use to make something. So trying to kind of simplify the process, but not, I mean, you, there's going to be certain compromises, but not compromise the overall design. So don't have it look like low scale. I still want it to look like something that's like quality and like a good piece. So that's like the part that I'm really racking my brain is how do you do something simple, but still have it look upscale? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that is actually done through material. So that'll probably be a good opportunity to introduce different kinds of materials where, you know, maybe you don't have to finesse things as much, but they still look because when I think a lot of times when you think of like the easiest DIY stuff, you think of just like two by fours nailed together or something. And obviously that that's not what we want to do. So uh, going back to what I was saying, so I think a lot of the opportunities to do things will be through using some of the same high quality materials that I'm already using, but also introducing some other ones. Um, but still keeping it simple techniques and, you know, you don't need to have a ton of tools or a ton of experience to pull it off. That's where the whole stacked plywood thing that you've done on a project or two, I think is like perfect. Yeah. Because it's and exactly what you're talking about is just using that material, but in a really accessible way. Right. So like the, uh, so what Mike's talking about is like what I did on the record player cabinet. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ideas that I'm kicking around to do basically a, a, a media console. But uh, kind of using that same technique, so but not covering it in the record one. I covered the plywood edges, but on this one, I'll actually highlight them. So to make the, I think by doing that, it does make the plywood look a little bit more upscale. It just gives it like that extra dimension and I don't know. I guess a beefiness to it. I don't know uh -huh. if beefy is considered yeah. upscale, but I don't know. I just think it makes it. That's more That's the substantial. word I was gonna say. Yeah. Beefy, beefy, beefy. tees. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that is a beefy media console. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm going to do a project like that. I've already kind of got a design. I showed you guys a couple drawings of it. Still kind of playing around with it, but it should be fairly straightforward. Like you really would only need, you could do the whole thing with a circular saw, at least the way that I have it planned out right now. I don't know. It might get a little bit more complex than that because that is kind of a fine line of like how simple should these things be? You know, you don't want to dumb it down too much where anybody could just do it, but it's not going to look good. So there has to be like a little, not even necessarily like a lot of technique in it, but just something where you're taking care to to make sure that it comes out good. Taking a little a little time. I feel like anybody could do it if they just gave it a little time and patience. Right. Like you're not right. going to right. So just there, even as you shift to sort of different scale of projects and uh, different sort of like uh, ease of building levels. Mm -hmm. um, the continuity will be more in like sort of the overall aesthetic and that kind of high end sort of modern Yeah, I mean, look. I think everything that I've been designing so far for with the dwell stuff in mind, I think it still has like the kind of look that people would be used to for me. It's not a far departure in terms of the aesthetics and the overall shapes. So I think that it's just kind of translating those shapes and ideas into a slightly simpler project. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's interesting. Like uh, when, when we were talking about this topic uh, earlier, 
I was thinking about like the different areas in my life where where I want things to be continuous and consistent versus where the things I sort of want like a, a variety and, and things to be continued to, to, to mix it up. And I was thinking like even with like uh, with like TV shows, like there's some shows that are like anthologies. And I think they always have to, to, to walk that line really carefully. You want enough so that like season to season, you know, it's still like the same brand and same show but you still mm-hmm. want it to be like somewhat different. Like I remember like mm-hmm. watching that show 24 for a while. And then after a while, it was just too much continuity. It was just the same. It felt the same every season. <laughs> it's like formulaic. Right. And even all the beats and the excitement was there were sort of diminishing returns. I feel like after sort of like the third season, you're just like, all right. And I feel like that, you know, it happened with like the walking dead too. People just, yeah, they, the, the show sort of realized that. And then they had to, you know, try to get real wild and, 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 and mix it up almost too much. So yeah, I think it's a, I think there's like a couple ways to, to think about it. One from an internal motivation and creativity, I think it's a little bit easier to make the decision of when to mix it up. And it's basically when you're less excited about your work. And from a business side, I think sort of analytics and things like that can start to tell you. It's like when you see your, your audience growth or your sort of uh, your sales start to plateau. Um, yeah. I was actually going to ask you guys, have you ever had a time where you felt like even when you were working on a project or maybe you were doing the edit where you felt like not bored by it, but just like a little less excited about it, a project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's natural. Um, you- and that was kind of a, one of the big reasons that I'm looking at changing up, not format, but introducing new formats. Um, mm-hmm. Because... It's not that the the normal modern builds videos are boring to me in any way. I'm still really interested in it. But the idea of trying something new is really interesting. So, yeah, I think there's definitely something there where, uh, I mean, you do something enough times, it'll get pretty, I don't know if monotonous is the right word, but it'll, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you already, it, you're putting together a puzzle you've already put together before. Yeah. Right. You know, like you already know where building the Building a mirror go. for the fifth time. Exactly. You already know where all the pieces go. <laughs> they should be broken and on the ground, right? <laughs> exactly. So I can defend myself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> In a battle to the death. <laughs> Wait, I actually forgot. I did a mirror project and it broke. You did? Or two. Yeah. Oh, and I then remember I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just and turned you... it into two projects. I made something out of the broken pieces. <laughs> See, that's what you... You made the best of the situation. I just kept buying new mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep making the same project. Yeah. How about, Ben, have you ever felt like that while you were working on something? Um, yeah, I, I think it was more... Uh, I, 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 yeah, there's there's been a few times. And I, th- I I always thought of it kind of like when you're driving a car that's like stick shift, where at each gear you can max out. Each gear has sort of a, a purpose, but you can max out and you want to shift at the right time. So yeah. I always just assume I'm whatever I'm doing, I'm eventually going to want to change it, um, but not... Not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, just there'll be valuable things that I want to do. So it's as I experiment, am I sort of, you know, learning things that are going to be consistently usable? And yeah, I think it's, I think it's when I sort of manage my, my, both the the creative side of my business and the the sort of economic side of it, it's, it's always the, the hard part is figuring out when is that right time to shift? When have you maxed out within, you know, at third gear? And you're ready to shift to fourth gear, but you obviously don't want to do it too soon. Otherwise, you're going to lose overall momentum and speed. Um, yeah. So I think the thing that that's helpful is figuring out what are the clues that you should be experimenting and deviating from what you currently do, 
And then also, what are the indicators that saying that, no, 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 you haven't maxed out at that in third year yet. You still have a few more miles per hour to, to improve before you're ready to shift up. So I think like if you're uh, from a YouTube standpoint, uh, I'll, this is where analytics help me. People often talk about analytics and what they do, but they don't often talk about the actual mechanism that translates them into decision-making, which is the whole purpose of analytics. It's not just to like log into Social Blade and, hey, look at my numbers, bigger than yesterday, <laughs> yay. You, you really wanna compare month over month, compare with project types and start to look at that. If you're in the business of sort of making things to sell, you'll really wanna see it like, you know, you may start for a, a ways raising your prices and then see them sort of plateau at some point. I think that's the, that's the real key is how, how do you look at numbers? How do you uh, weigh and try to evaluate your own enthusiasm and then use sort of tipping points to make decisions about either experimenting more or in some cases, removing all distractions and just focusing on on productivity um yeah so there'll be there's been times where i see i'm getting like a surge of audience and a lot of like you know a lot of things are happening within the sort of uh the series of projects that i'm working on uh there'll be times when when that's happening i'll say okay I, i'm on to something i need to push everything else to the side <laughs> not taking any meetings i'm just gonna like go through this list of, of projects and exhaust them all uh, and, and really try to, you know, strike while the, the, the iron's hot. So in some cases like that, it'll push me to do things that are otherwise wasteful. Uh, the other day I went through and I was purging all my materials and old tools. Because uh, right now I have so much stuff going on. I need to start clearing space for that. And some mm -hmm. of the things were like, oh, I could still get use out of this. And this is still valuable. And I could use for that for that. But it's too far along. And right now I have a ton of editing to do. I'm going to have a bunch of new builds coming up. So this is a time to be a little bit more ruthless with the purging because of like what's sort of in the pipeline. So I'm sort of going away from the normal sort of material efficiency um, in order to sort of clear the decks a little bit. So something Ben said a minute ago was finding an indicator in your analytics and then acting on that instead of just seeing it and being like, oh, that's cool. That video did really well. It's mm -hmm. like, why did that video do really well? Or um, how does it compare to the rest of your videos? So right. about... Coming up probably on like eight months ago, I did a video over at my buddy Caleb's redoing the cabinets in his kitchen. Yeah. And I remember at the time, it was something I was interested in, but I was super skeptical because it was the first video that I'd ever done that wasn't furniture or like, you know, individual like item related. It was more of a renovation type thing. And right. I thought about doing that for a long time before I actually did it. And once I put the video out, it had a really great reaction. It's one of my better performing videos. It's definitely probably in my top 10. And it was kind of a funny thing where you were talking about looking at your analytics and acting on them. Uh, it was a funny thing. I saw that that video did really well. And when I posted it, it was one of those 50-50, it's either going to do great and I should do more of it or it's going to not be good and I need to scrap the whole idea. But it was funny. It, was, it took probably six or eight months between posting that video and doing the bathroom renovation. And that mm -hmm. whole time I was thinking about doing it, but it was a weird thing where I just never, I didn't bring myself to actually doing it for a really long time. And so it was just a thing where once I realized that maybe going out of my normal schedule and doing something a little more, uh, like going out on a limb a little bit, the same way I did with the renovation series is what I'm doing now with the Ikea series. Um, I've seen, they're not my analytics, but they're analytics of other videos that I see 
performing well of other people's oh sorry i've seen other people's videos that are ikea hacks performing really well so i think eh, i think i can do in that, on that too action. i want to get in on that action and <laughs> so now instead of waiting six months to do it i kind of had the idea about a month ago and i've already put the first video out so nice. that's something i'm trying to do now is if i've got a hunch that i think is like if my gut's telling me something i'm going with it that's right. And I think that's one of the big reasons why I'm going to be doing the bus renovation too is I think it'll perform well so I'm just I'm just going to do it and prove it, you know. Yeah. So something I kind of thought about that it's along the same lines of what you guys are talking about right now in terms of variety and consistency and how it relates to I guess audience growth we'll we'll call it. I know you guys are mm-hmm. talking about analytics, but I think there's definitely a trade-off. I feel like the more variety do the more variety you have I think that that's more opportunities for audience growth. But I think the more consistent you are, the stronger of an audience you kind of build. Or I don't even want to use the, maybe stronger is not the right word, but just like. uh, A more concentrated core audience. Yeah, exactly. It's like a condensed audience, a core audience. I think that's the best way to put it. And so I think that I've, when I first started the first year, like I was really focused on the numbers, even though. I wasn't doing a ton of variety still. I just like really paid attention to the numbers. And I feel like the past couple months, I mean, it's actually been growing at the same rate or maybe even a little bit faster of a rate, probably just from having more videos and having more time in. But I've stopped paying attention to it as much hmm. and really concentrated more on, I feel like there's a lot of every, I feel like the gut reaction is that you have to have this huge audience to build the business. And I feel like now I don't, I feel like I'm, Obviously, it's not a business yet that could sustain me and my family, but I feel like the groundwork is kind of there. And if I keep plugging away at it and it keeps growing the way that it's growing, I feel like I'm a couple years off from having it be a business that could sustain me and my family. And so now I, it's not that I'm not focused on the numbers, but I'm not like living and dying by them. I, you know, I'm not letting that make be what makes me happy or what makes me discouraged. more it's just you know they're continuing to grow and i'm focusing more on kind of i don't know just i guess building the things that i want to build and i think that if i do that those are the things that my audience does kind of want to see i don't know that's the kind of way that i'm thinking about it lately that could change in three months but i don't know that's just where my thought is right now in terms of the whole go ahead regardless of how much you're worrying about your audience it's going to be growing at the same rate no, like you could be stressing yeah. at level 10 about it or level one about it but the the universe doesn't know like it's not going to change mm-hmm. the outcome any so i think that's one of the things where like focusing on what you can control right and i mean what you can see, control is like what you're putting out how can like how frequently you're putting out and stuff like that yeah now see if i were going just by what my analytics say or what the numbers look like the um the simpler wall organizer I think that will probably, you know, if you go forward a year, a year and a half from now, that'll probably be my, my best performing video. Right now, it's still the bench. The Xbox one will probably overtake that one within a couple months. But the simpler wall organizer is already at like half of what the top one has. And I think within a year, year and a half, it'll be the top one. So that's actually the type of thing that I would do if I was just looking at growing my audience the most I, I could. Um, I don't think every project can be like that, but I I definitely do want to think of other kind of projects that are like that. But I feel like probably at this time, like 75% of my videos, maybe 80%, maybe as far as 83%, we get crazy there, (laughs) will probably be those kind of core furniture, you know, more traditional furniture pieces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I enjoy the most. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've talked it, about that a little bit before that how I sort of schedule like, you know, something in between sort of like three or four projects a year that are going to be kind of departures from what I normally do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's about, you know, 20%, a little bit less than that of, uh, of the overall projects. There'll be times where I just sort of, Hey, let's, let's experiment. Let's break format. Let's try yeah. different materials, different techniques, and uh, do things that are a little bit off the, my sort of typical trajectory. Yeah. And I find that when I know that that's – when I sort of decide that beforehand, uh, it keeps me from getting too antsy because I know that it's there isn't this monotonous grind of the same thing over and over. I know that I already have this sort of scheduled and planned. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to just really think long term. I mean, it, it becomes – to me – I don't know if this is just my personality, but it kind of does become daunting when you think about it really long term of like, oh man, within two years from now, I'm going to have to come up with like all these different ideas. And of course, you know, you do that over the course of those two years. It's not like you have to come up with all of them right now. But for some reason, whenever I think about it in the future of like really planning things out, I start to think about it like that and it becomes very daunting to me. You know what's kind of daunting to me? Hmm. I hired somebody. Who? Uh, that's kind of crazy. Like Caleb, the dude oh, okay. that's helping me with the IKEA hacks. Like that's he's on the payroll. Yeah, that's crazy. That like I'm I'm 22 years old and I hired somebody. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot to like. It's like that's a lot of responsibility. Like I've got this thing goes uh, belly up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like if I mess all this up, like I'm also screwing someone else over too. Nah, you got this. No, I know Look I do, that. but he's, it's he's hired like what five people for your how many people uh, yeah. are doing. How many people are part of like the homemade modern team at this point? Three uh, outside like of you? Yeah, yeah. look at okay. that good guessing, huh? Yeah. But not all full-time, like a combination of right. full-time and part-time. I have my mom sending shirts out to uh, my Patreon people. Nice. She's your <laughs> fulfillment. <laughs> fulfillment by Mamazon. I, I have my mom retweeting everything that I tweet. Like her whole Twitter is just like retweeted. Social media team. No yeah. matter what I post, it'll at least get one retweet. Exactly. <laughs> and one like. That if my mom the... knew how to use Instagram, it would be the same way. She's going to go and learn how to use Instagram now that I said that. Because I guarantee she's listening. <laughs> I retweeted your Instagram. That's not even yeah. possible, mom. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on this topic? Um... No, I think it's just, uh, no, actually, no. I think we closed it out pretty good. All right, let's, uh, we can, here, I'll I'll read this and then we can use it or not. We had some feedback from the last episode. Okay. Comes in from Grant Peter. He says, when Chris mentioned last week about people being wildly off with budget, I wanted to suggest some guide pricing. And in the latest podcast, he said he had added some ranges, but could you guys talk a bit about your more popular products and what you would sell them for if making them from scratch? Maybe a breakdown of materials and time. I'm clueless about what furniture is worth and wouldn't know where to start if it was me. Also, I've always found that one of the downsides of YouTube maker videos is that it's very difficult for novices like me to judge the amount of work involved. I know. Mm. This is something that we've kind of covered before. I remember, Ben, you said that there was a time where you would say how long things took or what they cost or whatever, but then people just get too nitpicky about like, oh, well, yeah, maybe it costs $2.17 for a two-by-four there, but here it's $2.30. Yeah, and it, it, it changes. It's, there's too much regional difference. It's different right. in different parts of the country. Forget different parts of the world. Just in different parts of the U.S., uh, prices range dramatically. People um, work at different speeds, like all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. There, there, there isn't. Um, so that's why I stopped <laughs> doing it. Like if, if 
if something's astronomically cheaper or if something's kind of expensive, I'll normally indicate that, but not so much with a dollar amount. But I'll say, hey, you know, this is a little bit on the pricey side. If you if you want, yeah, like you could substitute pricing. this with something more inexpensive. It's something I try to sort of you know steer people towards and make them aware of. But uh, yeah, it's it's too tricky now. In terms of like pricing physical things to sell, um, I don't sell things, so. Right. Uh, I have listened to the Made for Profit podcast, yep. and they go over. Are they pricing. paying us for all these plugs? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> They're giving us a few shoutouts as well. Um, yeah, that's true. So they they have a whole uh, you know a couple episodes that are about pricing your work and yeah, they're like a they, three-parter, I think, right? Yeah, and yeah. Th- you know that's what uh what, th- what they do. Um, you know, for for me, it's I, I think it's 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 a lot of ways, and it's so dependent on your circumstances. the The main thing to remember is there is no inherent value to your work. You know, your your value of your work will be different in if you live in Manhattan and can deliver it, versus if you live in you know the middle of uh, of nowhere in a town of like two thousand people. I think the the important thing is to separate your own sort of ego and your own sort of uh, the the way you sort of evaluate yourself creatively and as a craftsman uh, from the price that you put on things because those are contextually dependent on a lot of things, not just those things. Yeah, I was going to actually give this guy the same (laughs) to give them another plug. I was going to say, go listen to that three part podcast because that has probably too much more information than you'll even want about pricing if you listen to the made-for-profit <laughs> podcast. In a way, it was really good, very in-depth. I think a lot of it had to do with maybe even more on the side of like running a business than what the average listener might be wondering about. Um, you know, it could get a little bit too inside baseball for them, but the simplest way that I've always thought about it, and at the end of the day, all that you know, you can run all the numbers and do everything you want and come up with whatever price you want, but it's still at the end of the day, it's gonna come down to will somebody pay for it or will somebody not be willing to pay for it. Um, for me, I always just looked at the cost of the material and then I just came up with a, basically a day rate of you know what I thought my time was worth. Um, you know, you can determine what that price is for you. I started off on the low end so that it, you know, maybe I was only making a couple hundred dollars per project, maybe I was breaking even on it, but I just wanted to get experience at that point. And then as I got more experience, I just kind of ramped it up. That was the, I think that's like the best simple advice that I would give to a beginner. So yeah. I like it. Thank you. Mike, you got anything on that topic? <laughs> no, I think what you said is perfect. It. The tiny bit that I did uh, build to sell stuff is like, I just, I had a day rate and I figured out how many days it took me to make it, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people go in overly optimistic about stuff like, you know, they just they know that they want to make stuff and they say, hey, I'll sell it. And like that's as far as they've thought into it. And then you just assume that you have a business. But listen to those podcasts and you'll realize there's there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And those they're really helpful for if you did actually want to do it as a business. Yeah, exactly. Mike, are you saying something? Nope. That's just good old fashioned awkward silence. That's there, what my you call that's what you call dead air. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. How far are we in? Should we hop into a hypothetical? Yeah, let's yeah, do I a hypothetical so. and close okay. it out. So we might have to pause for a second if you guys want to look at each other's uh, YouTube pages, but I was thinking if you had to pick one video from each of the other person's channel to kind of show them off. So let's say that the situation is, you know, we're all gonna we're we're trying to sell them to somebody else. So to show them what they're about and to highlight them. 
what video would you pick from the other person to show them off? Oh, I can go first. All right. You so know? I would pick I already have mine uh, too. <laughs> for for Mike. Uh, I would pick the uh, the bathroom remodeling uh, Ooh, project. Yeah. And even though like it's it. kind of an outlier, it's not the most uh, it won't representative. won't be next year. Right. It's, uh, I think it demonstrates uh, his sort of on-camera uh, presence, his sort of flexibility to sort of just get things done, even when they're, <laughs> they aren't quite going right. And it just sort of encapsulates uh, also sort of the way he just sort of puts things together and, and, and breezes through things pretty quickly. Um, not that that was a quick project, but so I would say that project would show more the potential of how he could, you know, sort of differentiate himself versus all the other people in our space. And for well, here let me I'll, here I'll say what I would choose for Mike. Okay. So we'll just go for it through it by person. So for Mike, I would say I think that's a good idea, especially now moving forward, since he's stated so many times that that's kind of the trajectory that he would like to go on. But going just from what's existed up to this point, I think I would choose either one of your bed videos or maybe like a big bench, one of the big benches that you made. Mm, I think that okay. when I think of your videos, I think of big functional pieces that are not super simple to do, but are kind of simplified where they're more mm -hmm. approachable, but still look like a big kind of custom piece. I think that that's looking at your past videos. I think that's where you've really excelled. Yeah, trying to find the simple way to put something together. Yeah, something without detracting from the the overall aesthetic, or at least yeah, that's without, the goal. That's yeah, without the goal. compromising too much and still having something that's big and unique and functional mm -hmm. and, and useful, basically. Cool, Chris. Sorry, who should, on who yours, okay. Let's let's do you. I would choose two. Um, the dining table you built for your parents. Mm -hmm. If we're talking the same way, uh, like what will be. Uh, a good cornerstone a year from now. I see more things in that trajectory for you. Mm -hmm. If I had to just spitball, the other one would definitely be the bad Larry. I think the bad Larry is like, that's a perfect, that's quintessential Chris Salamone design. And then I think the evolution of that maybe is kind of uh, hinted at with the dining table you did for your parents. Nice. Yeah, I would say the bad Larry for sure. The bad Larry. Yeah, I think bad that's Larry. All right. Well, here, let's. We'll, we'll go, now we'll move on to Ben and then we can, uh, if we have any feedback on what the other people chose. So okay. here, I'll, I'll go for, for Ben first. The one that I chose, Ben, it's tough because there's so much variety. Like I feel like he has the most variety of any of us. If I was gonna do a furniture kind of piece, I'd probably do something, I'd probably choose something like the zigzag sofa because I think it's a good mix of being a piece of furniture and being experimental and showing options, because I think that's one of the other things that Ben does in his videos, at least going back more than either of us, is has kind of like options or, or um, I guess like audibles kind of that you can call with a piece of furniture, like, oh, here's one way to do it, or you could add this thing and do it this way. Um, so that would be like the piece of furniture that I would choose. And then if I could throw in another one, I'd probably do something like, probably one of the workout videos, because it just shows a, a different side that's, kind of unique to Ben that other people in the space don't really do. So more of like, a, um, I don't know, just something functional that goes in your home. Like I said, it's hard yeah. with Ben because there's there's so much variety. It's yeah. hard to choose just one thing. If I was choosing for That's Ben, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, two videos as well. One would be the kitchen series. 
because one, the like counter, the concrete countertops is very quintessential homemade modern. But what speaks more to it than anything, I think, is the cabinets. Like how simple all of the cabinets are. It's like so much two by four and like uh, finding interesting storage, but still having it look custom and not like you just threw together two by fours. Um, and then the second one, what I would I would say the like CrossFit fold out gym would be the other mm -hmm. one. Yeah. You know, I, I got to throw one more in there. I think also the, or the, the staircase. staircase. Yeah, the yeah. staircase. Wow. Because yeah. that one is, yeah, I think it's, that one's a perfect example of just like coming up, you know, basically coming up with one thing and just repeating it over and over until you have yeah. something awesome. And it's just so practical. I think it's cool seeing like CNC used practically rather than just like, oh, today I'm going to CNC a sign or today I'm going to CNC some wooden knobs or something like that. It's like something really substantial. So I think the, the interesting thing would be, uh, it, it's funny because you know you guys see those things as different, but I see them as, as very similar. Like I, I see like a, a, a through line. Um, so I think all those projects just begin with like a sort of a question of uh, like in, in the, you know, they, they all begin with one question. In the, the case of the zigzag sofa, it was always seeing how people, if they, if this, a lot of times sofas are against the wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's like one kind of sofa. It's a sofa that's against the wall and you don't have to design the back, right? It's nice, yeah. right? But sometimes a sofa is not against the wall. What do you do with the back? And what people often do from an interior design standpoint is they put a piece of furniture against it. Sofa so table. That, right. So the question <laughs> is, why can't, if, if, that, if we know that's a common scenario, why can't that be one piece? And then it goes yeah. from there. With the, the spiral staircase, the question is, you know, looking at a spiral staircase, each thing is the same, but not that big, and they're just stacked. And then it's like, oh, yeah. and I, I happen to need one. I was like, so what would be the perfect tool for that? And it was sort of the CNC was the sort of obvious answer. And it's just going from those sort of very simple questions. Same thing with the CrossFit uh, station is people like to work out at home. People are into this type of exercise. An observation of like how little space these plates actually take and then from there it's like well why couldn't this be something that's brought right into the center of someone's house mm -hmm. yeah I, th and I think that's your strong suit is whether it's like the gym in a box like the one that kind of rolls around that can also be a bench or stuff like that taking something that's has a function but when you're not using it it tucks away and isn't in the way Right. I think, I think it's a difference great. between sort of designing and making, right? Because yeah. if, 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 it's also how you consider yourself. And I think, I think how you look at yourself influences you, your work a lot. Like even, even the, the words that you choose to describe uh, who you are and what you do. Because um, if you're like, you're like, oh, if I'm a, if you think of yourself as a woodworker and you're like, okay, I'm a woodworker that's going to make stuff on YouTube, you're going to tend to not start as much with a question. You're going to start with a project it's like oh i haven't right. done this i haven't done a hope chest yet or i haven't done a bed yet and then you might ask how do you differentiate but but that's almost like saying you know uh you're almost i think from a design standpoint too far along in the assumptions right whereas i think it's it's sometimes helpful to 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 create something that's that's unique is to to, to ask the question you know even before the sort of decision of what you're already doing sort of you know looking at well what's you know, you know, what's terrible about this thing or, or what is the actual lifestyle scenario or basic uh, scenarios of functionality and how do I go about considering those before I decide I'm even going to make something that typically addresses that? 
Yeah, I was going to say, actually, before you said that, I was almost going to say the same thing. I think that that's kind of your thing is you're almost like a self-contained class where you're the instructor and the student. Because you're always, every project, it seems like you're asking yourself, how would I do this? And then coming up with an answer to it. And I think that if I'm being honest with myself, mine are more like the other scenario that you described where it's just kind of like, oh, I want to do a dining table. Let me think of what's a cool looking design for a dining table. Like it's almost that simplistic. Right. But I think that, you know, you know, going back to previous conversations about sort of playing to the strengths, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, I think the thing that we all enjoy uh, about each other and about sort of talking to each other is that uh, we all have different ways of approaching things and we're not trying to become more alike. We're trying to actually uh, use our conversations to become almost more individualized. Um, I think in a lot of ways. So I think, you know, I'm a big believer in not becoming well-rounded, but more on like doubling down on your strengths. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like if, you know, and again, this, you know, to, to bring it full circle back to our topic, you want to have a variety, but not so much that it's too big of a departure where right. you're, you're out of your, you know, out of comfort zone is fine, but out of your productivity uh, uh, and comfort zone can, uh, you know, can cause you to lose a little bit of ground or not fully capitalize on all the opportunities that you've already sort of, uh, uh, you know, been attacking. Yeah. I think I hope that if we could flash forward like three years into the future, that anybody who's been watching my channel from this point to that point will see it as evolving. But somebody who just came to it in three years from now and they're just seeing me for the first time will look at my channel and see variety. Interesting. So like progressive change. Or exactly. incremental change. Yeah. yeah. If you if you look back at it from the big picture, you can see variety. But if you actually see it happen, it'll just be more of like an evolution of introducing new things and trying new things. Yeah. I, and I think that's kind of what I'm trying to go for, too, is just like how I put put out uh, the fire pit video. It was like, OK, cool. I've been wanting to do metal working for a long time. How do we introduce that and how do we fit it in in a way where it's bookended by two woodworking projects right and, and you're making something that's not the actual style of the thing is not a far departure from what you're doing it's just mm -hmm. doing it's a new more technique the material. Is, is the departure exactly and so now that that gets introduced maybe i can do something a little more wild design wise because i'm not introducing welding and a cool idea at the same time it's kind of it's like what you said it's it's incremental right should we uh, hop into obsessions? Yes. Yes. Right. Here, I'll, I'll go first since I rarely go first. So I actually have a channel pick this week, which I know we don't do too often, but I was talking to a guy. He, he just started a channel. It's called New Collar Goods. Um, okay. It's, you know, your basic woodworking kind of stuff, but it's actually really high end. Uh, it, it, he, so he only has one video up. Like he just launched it. It's a modern desk. It's, I'm not sure what kind of wood it is, probably like walnut, and it incorporates some metal and welding. Really nicely designed. You know, the video's paced well, so it, it was a really good video, especially for being a first video. You can tell he's been building stuff for a long time, so definitely a lot of skill there. It's actually him and her. It's a, a, the guy met, uh, is the one who messaged me, but it's a husband and wife team. Um, they've been, I guess, making and selling furniture for a while, but now they're starting to make videos as well. New Collar Goods, once again, check it out. I thought it was a really good video for being a first video, so definitely a lot of potential there, I think. Cool, I'm gonna go with uh, our, what was our last challenge? Two two by four challenge alumni. Uh, the channel is Steve Makes Stuff. 
he came out this week with a really cool stool video. Um, I wasn't going to say him until you gave a nice shout out. So I want to do the same. And then my second uh, obsession is Henry Rollins. He's an interesting guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I've been watching a lot of his stand up and other stuff that he's involved with. He's a he's a cool dude. He's got an interesting uh, life perspective. Ben. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I'm picking mine. <laughs> he's looking. He's reading. <laughs> so for me, it's more of like a product category. And this was something that I was researching a little bit when I was doing the solar shed. But I was looking at all of like the different slat wall organizers. So there's a lot of these kind of like they're they're sort of like horizontal versions of pegboard, and. I was just like impressed at like how much engineering and sort of studying of variability has gone into the development of these systems. Um, so I ended up using one uh, by a company called Gladiator. They make like workbenches and and these slat walls that uh, uh, they sell at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And it was they basically design like this own extrusion that's like uh, and like make these sort of like panels that are almost like a composite decking, but they, they go onto the wall and they can hold like a ridiculous amount of weight. Like I can hang an entire chop saw, uh, from them. Mm, um, and it was interesting cause you know, uh, they're, they're meant for sort of like workshops and stuff like that. But then I was thinking like, wow, this could be like, <laughs> this could be pretty awesome in like a kitchen or something too. If yeah. you made some stainless steel attachments that sort of slid into them. Because they're pretty low profile, the wall, like the the panels themselves, they're not crazy texture wise or anything. No, and they they look kind of clean and and nice mm-hmm. and neat when uh when the stuff isn't in there. So, uh, I've always sort of thought that modular systems were really cool. I think that they're inc- they're there's something that design students often try to design, but I think are they really struggle with uh in dealing with the sort of amount of flexibility versus you know it's like kind of like the Swiss Army knife problem. You make something that can kind of do a little bit of everything, but it's not good at anything, then you kind of have nothing. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was looking at doing a lot of research into those. And so, uh, you know, uh, just just really impressed with like the different uh, uh, the different ways that different companies sort of approached making where they some companies put the money into the panels and then make the, the accessories are pretty, are pretty light and uh, inexpensive or others companies go really cheap on the on the panels and then the 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 money's all spent into the the hooks and shells themselves cool well i think we can uh, go ahead and close this one out normally mike kind of takes the lead on closing it out but he's a uh, having a little bit of technical difficulties that that'll account for some of the awkwardness that might have been in this episode for long pauses I'll, where mike dropped I'll out, edit so it out. <laughs> he'll edit it out you'll never even know what i'm talking about so well, i'm gonna go ahead will. and close this one out see he's saying something right now i bet and he's dropped out because i heard well yeah i did sorry <laughs> see <laughs> all right so follow us on instagram Make sure you're checking up on, uh, I've had a few people message me. I don't know if you guys have gotten any messages for people that were using the modern uh, code on for WorkbenchCon. And they tell me that they were, some of them told me they were having trouble with it. So if you do have trouble with it, go ahead and send me a message on Instagram. This is Chris, by the way. Uh, so you should already be following me. But yeah, send me a message on there if you're having trouble with it. Um, if a lot of people seem to be having trouble, I'll try reaching out to them to get it cleared up, but hopefully it's working. I had another, one of the people who wrote in, wrote back and said he got it to work. So hopefully it should be good now. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Instagram. Make sure you leave that five-star review. Tell your- Your neighbor's neighbor. Your neighbor's neighbor. So two doors <laughs> down. 
tell yeah. that person. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the weekend. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye.